0: All right, welcome to Just Dow It, the podcast for people starting DAOs. I'm Adam Miller, and I'm your host. I'm the CEO of MyDAO, which provides legal entity solutions for DAOs. And prior to starting MyDAO, I did consulting for people starting and operating DAOs. We are recording live for the second straight week. Last week, the live recording didn't go great. Uh, I should say the live uh, stream didn't go great, but the podcast recording turned out great. Hopefully this week, both will be awesome, but um, let us know in the comments if there's any issues. We'll try to resolve any technical difficulties, and then the podcast will be published uh, later today, if not right after the show. Uh, As you all know, if you've listened to the show before, the first half, we cover recent DAO news where our guest Aaron and I will react to the news and share what we think is relevant about it for people starting and operating DAOs. And in the second half of the show, we'll go deeper into an interview with Aaron about his experience and what he is working on today and advice for people starting DAOs, things like that. So uh, before we dive into the news, again, welcome, Aaron. Um, Why don't you give a brief introduction to yourself and what makes you an authority on DAOs? Uh,
1: Well, it's nice to, uh, good to be here. Um, My name is Aaron Soskin. I am the founder of Govern. Um, which is a tool that helps DAO contributors help track, manage, and record uh, the contributions they make to all of their DAOs, online organizations, online communities, so you can be more fairly rewarded for the work you do. Um, I, I've been working in the DAO space for better part of five, six years, been part of, help launch about you know, five to 10 of them, um, I've been a core contributor to five, seven, 50-plus DAOs over the, over the whole span. Um, so I have a lot of experience doing this. I don't really think there's it's too too early for anyone to be an expert on DAOs, I will say, but I hope to at least provide some interesting thoughts.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And and I think all the humble people we have on the show pretty much say the same thing. DAOs are so new, it's hard to really be an authority. So I think what makes Aaron and others, um, even like myself, relative authority on DAOs is we've been working on it for at least a year or two, and probably thinking about it for several years. Um, and so we get to interact with a lot of people that are starting or have started multiple DAOs, and we're helping solve some of their problems. So I think you are an authority on DAOs, but I appreciate the humility.
1: Thanks. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, in terms of people that have had learnings from mistakes we've made with Dallas, I think, th- I think well, I'm think definitely near the top of Dallas. So if there's any wisdom <laughs> yeah, right. in that, then I'm full of it.
0: Awesome. I love it. And in the news, uh, I'm sure we'll get to some of the mistakes people are making with DAOs, because there are always plenty. So uh, let's turn to the Just DAO at News Report. Uh, I will summarize each of the following six or so stories for the audience and for you, Aaron, and then uh, I'll react or you'll react to them first. And we'll just uh, dig into each story a little bit before we move on to the uh, in-depth interview. So the first story of the week, the headline is part one. Okay. With new DAO law on the books, Utah joins race with Wyoming and Tennessee to become the U.S. crypto capital. And this is actually a, a, a more of a press release from JDSupra.com. It's a, a legal a blog or, or a resource, it looks like. And uh, what this article talks about is that uh, Utah uh, is uh, passing a law that allows for uh, the registration of DAOs as legal entities called DAO LLCs. And they do join Wyoming, as I believe was the first place in the entire world to uh, pass a law like this. Uh, As our regular listeners know, I work on the legislation in the Marshall Islands, where we're the first and only sovereign nation to have Dow-specific laws. Um, But there are several states in the U.S. that have done this. And my hot take on this is that it's awesome that states in the United States are leading when it comes to Dow legislation. But unfortunately, DAOs and other crypto organizations are afraid of being based in a United States state because that state is in the United States. And you may also be or certainly will also be subject to U.S. laws and regulations that exist today and in the future. So it's great to see Utah doing this. But unfortunately, I think no matter how much the states within the United States do, the federal government is going to get in the way. So any thoughts, Aaron?
1: No, I mean, I'm not a legal expert, so don't take my legal advice, but I think you're straight on. I, a lot of people I talk to in the space, a lot of investors as well I talk to, one of the biggest things people think are holding back DAOs is the, way, the regulatory landscape, is how we legally treat them. Um, so I, I think that's 100%. I'm happy to see states going, at least experimenting, but I think it's like a pretty hostile environment out there in general, which it makes it a bit scary.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. And <clears throat> reminds me of another thing we're working on at MyDAO is um, trying to better package legal services for DAOs beyond just legal entities, because that's not the whole problem, right? There's yeah. all kinds of other laws yeah. and regulations you have to follow. And just in the day-to-day operating of any organization, including a DAO, you have all kinds of contracts and agreements and interactions with people that also need we need uh, solutions for that are different from what we used in the past
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Something I like to say is that I think like phase like one or two or zero of DAOs came out and we were like, DAOs just so similar to companies, just take company like Lego piece A and put it into DAO Lego piece A. And you realize that it's like not as compatible, that it actually requires a lot more first principle thinking. Hey, we're building a DAO now. We wanted to try to do X compensation. And that's how we did it for, for companies. And we can't just take the same models and put it here. It's what was the intent of this compensation and how do we like re-engineer that to make sense in the DAO format? Um, So I really like, I don't know if you follow uh, Ross from LexDAO, but I think he also, um, and also um, Gabriel Shapiro, um, I think do a lot of great thinking on, on kind of both the regulatory landscape and like different legal services that DAOs need.
0: Yeah, it's a great point. And we've had some LexDAO uh, folks on the show, but we should probably invite Ross to join us as well. Um, and, and you know, let's dig into this Lego uh, building block thing for a second, because it, it's interesting. One of my favorite analogies for what we're doing wrong with DAOs has been that we are leaving behind all the old Lego blocks, some of which work very well. And we're just trying to do like, as decentralized, as democratic, as token oriented. Like, let's just not do anything like the way we used to do it. Let's go fully the opposite direction because we're reacting against Web2 and TradFi and all this stuff. And I think we also get ourselves into a lot of trouble when we do that because there's lots of things we learned in the traditional corporate world, for example, that are useful. But, but now I'll have to expand my analogy because I agree with you. I mean, really the, the problem is, I think either going to one extreme or combining the two, but not combining the two right, because you're not making any changes to the stuff you're taking from the old world. So, really, what we need is all kinds of new Lego pieces that interact in new ways and are in between the old world and this new world, uh, not just on the extremes.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And because I, I do agree, I think we do a lot of abandoning of the old way of doing things. Um, but I, but I think we're do it's. We we got to update that analogy. Basically, what we we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater here, right? We basically have to say, hey, there was a reason that we had certain types of compensation laws regulations. There was a reason that we had these processes. We shouldn't throw out the reason and say it's no longer applicable. But we also can't just take the exact same process and import them in. Like I think employment contracts is a great example. There's a reason why we had employment contracts for companies. Do, modern, do traditional employment contracts work for DAOs? I'd also argue that they don't, right? But some kind of contract, some type of like, um, some type of guarantee of employment is actually not a terrible idea. So how do you take the, the goal of why we created these like practices and update the practice to make sense in this new kind of framework and context? And, and that's kind of what I mean. It's like too many people just throw in everything and say like, let's start from zero. It's like, let's not start from, there's a reason a wheel works, maybe we don't need the same type of wheel, but like, let's not start from zero. Let's look at why we need the wheel and start from first principles. We need to move forward. How do we move forward in this new way?
0: Um, Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm excited later to dig into more about how you and your company are helping solve some of these problems. Um, Definitely. For now, let's turn to the second news story of the week. This one is from Decrypt. Uh, It's decrypt.co. And the headline is, when DAOs self-execute, what could go wrong? self-executing DAO proposals are still the pinnacle, excuse me, are the pinnacle of autonomy for decentralized communities. Still, the feature comes with a lot of baggage. So we talked a little bit about this type of issue last week. And and this article talks about the the situation with Aragon DAO um, that we talked about a bit last week, too. But I just want to dig a little bit into this is such an important question of, you know, I, I, I really believe that what DAO's make possible that was never possible before is truly to give power into the hands of the people. And if you're really gonna give power into the hands of the people, that means that the people are allowed to make decisions you don't like and you have to go with those decisions, right? And and then what makes it a DAO is that those decisions are binding they're mathematically binding on the blockchain and not even just legally binding on the although you could do both um, and we need to find ways to operate effectively within that framework as opposed to i think the reaction that some projects are having is that the team that started it or the centralized group of people that's most involved is inclined to say well we want to let the community decide until we decide otherwise um, and this is what we saw uh, with Arbitrum recently and and a lot of big crypto projects really there's a foundation with a board and then they, protect, they, they they may be a DAO in some respects, but the, the board of the foundation basically retains veto rights. And maybe it's another area where we need to find more uh, middle grounds. But um, I, I don't think we should uh, totally give well, we should not at all give up on truly decentralized organizations where the people truly have the power. We just have to find ways of avoiding these. Uh, terrible situations where because we're so democratic, you have a 51% of the community basically attacking the other, the 49% and running away with all the money or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, this is something that I've like, honestly gone back and forth on a lot over the last couple of years. I, I agree. I, I actually don't know if I have a great answer on the best way to, 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 to deal with these. I think, um, I I agree with you on, on like why DAOs are so ex- exciting, um, and I also agree on like self executing DAOs are even like n- more next level, which is like what we're all kind of operating towards. I think we're at this like interesting pinnacle or, or or like crossroads here, which is that we're all very afraid of bad things happening because we want to move the space forward. And what's better here to move the space forward or to allow it to operate from like a first principle standpoint? Um, something that like my uh, a co- uh, one of someone my co-founder told me is like the collective intelligence versus collective stupidity are two sides of the same coin you know mm. and it's like what what is like the right course of action here what is the best way to do it I actually don't know where I fall on that spectrum yet um, okay. it's it's tricky I, I don't know what's better for the space these days I don't know if it's better to, to let these I, I think the only way we, I will say this though I think the only way we will learn is by making collective mistakes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If it's if it's a board or foundation that's covering CYA and everything else, we're not actually going to learn. Um, so, uh, and, and I also inherently don't believe in benevolent dictatorships. Like I just think that is, if you ever depend on a benevolent dictator, it's great until it's not great, and then then we've lost all the progress we made. So yeah. I think there's a lot yeah. of space to explore here.
0: I think one really interesting solution that I see some folks working on, and actually our guest last week was from Q Protocol, where they're building a kind of like a decentralized uh, replacement for a board where it's not a group of people that's in charge. But when there is a dispute or when there is something that appears inconsistent with the organization's constitution or bylaws or whatever it is, this decentralized group can actually veto. Right. And either it's always the same group or maybe in other implementations outside of Q, maybe you can choose what that group who who is going to be part of that group and then legally obligate them to make sure the DAO doesn't do like this list of five things. But otherwise, they, they don't have veto rights. It's just in those those certain situations. So you're obviously putting a layer of trust in there, but maybe something like that is a good middle ground.
1: Yeah. Yes. And I'm I'm gonna throw a cautionary tale in here, right? Which is that we we've we had something like this. What's the Gnosis put together this board, this decentralized arbitration, um uh, our ar- yeah, arbitration board, right? I forget mm-hmm. I forget what the service is called now. Um, but like that, like they use this for the reality.eth oracle resolutions as well, right? They have this like human board of people that come together when it's needed but the whole idea is like this only works if people choose to, to participate in it and choose to make it work. Right. Like we're only as good as the things that we the effort that we're putting in. Um, and I think like ultimately it falls back on us. Like, are we, are we going to put forward the effort? Are we going to put forward the energy that we need to, to make this work? Um, my, my big theory on like what I believe in and like how to actually do this is like, I'm a big believer that, um, decentralization, is the wrong framing uh it's something that spencer graham has talked a lot about it's actually about anti-capture right and the one of the best ways i find to work against this is rather than always making sure your board or your organization is the most decentralized version is possible it's that it's extremely forkable and that there's always another option that if your entire DAO can be forked at any given point in time if you did have a benevolent dictator that's like actually uh that's fighting, that's becoming a centralized dictator, not i benevolent, just like a bad per- actor, mm-hmm. that you can fork it without that dictator, right? Um, and so it's like this right of exit um, uh, that I believe like actually solves a lot of its problems. It's like the open source nature, if we can do that. Um, otherwise, I, I, I think any mechanism will be gained or you're not gonna get enough participation. Like most DAOs are being hacked now, not from code hacks, but like social engineering hacks, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Very interesting. Awesome uh, problems for us all to try to solve. All right. On to the next uh, article. This one is from CoinGeek. That's coingeek.com. And the headline is, Tornado Cash users you DAOs are not capable of being subject to sanctions. So this, this one's really interesting to me because I think there's an amazing new characteristic of DAOs that's really beneficial from a regulatory standpoint. Um, But then there's also a problem that it causes that we have to find a way to solve. So the amazing new thing is that you can have a protocol that lives on the blockchain that people interact with, you know, and and interact with one another through their protocol. And no one, no one centralized person or, or entity is responsible for it, because no one owns it, no one runs the servers, and those people couldn't even stop it if they wanted to. Right. Unless they built in a backdoor, which is a separate issue. But like once like Tornado Cash, it's out there, it's on the blockchain. It doesn't matter if you sanction the Tornado Cash DAO, it's still out there. Um, and so there's this interesting new kind of kind of uh, 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 scenario where it's almost like if you can't regulate it, you, you won't regulate it or you could try it, but you'll fail. And, and there, there is something powerful. Forget about Tornado Cash. Like there's something powerful about the idea of a community or a large number of people launching something into the world and then they shouldn't necessarily be held responsible for how people use it um, because now it's just it's out there it's living on its own it's on the blockchain on the other hand if and, and that's that's actually how most crypto projects are being treated today almost no group of people is being held accountable for a truly public open source decentralized piece of of code that lives on the blockchain this may maybe one of the first times that one of the first several times the government has tried to hold the DAO responsible for that. Um, I think on the other hand, in the long run, society and governments are not going to just allow people to put something into the world and then not take responsibility for it. And I think that is what a lot of DAOs are doing is they are and, and often they're not just putting it out into the world. They do retain some kind of governance over it, right? They get to set the parameters. Maybe they do have an upgrade key or an ability to take it down if they wanted to. And, and when you have even a large democratic group of people who have that power, you probably do need to be able to hold them accountable for what their protocol does. Um, otherwise, you could have protocols doing really terrible things and we'd have no recourse. Um, so this is going to be an interesting challenge for governments and even like in places like the Marshall Islands or Utah or Wyoming, where we have Dow specific legislation and crypto specific legislation, this is not an issue that anyone has addressed yet to my knowledge anywhere in the world. Uh, so it's a really interesting thing for us to address at some point.
1: Yeah. A thousand percent. I think that the second thing you said is key, which is that society has shown that they are not willing to just like let people publish and, and without being held responsible. Right. Um, and I think one key thing that I would also add to your whole point is like, DAOs are cro- are are not just within a nation; they're cross-border. So how does this work, right? Like if half the team is based in twenty different countries, well, how does one nation make a law that doesn't hold true for the rest of the DAO, right?
0: Yep, and and I think this is part of the power of of legal entities. I don't mean to sh- usually shill so much on the show, but you know when you create a legal entity, you're choosing a jurisdiction, right? You're choosing their laws. And you're creating a target that regulators and governments can go after if they're going to go after anyone. Right. And so if that entity has a treasury, however much is in the treasury, that's what governments can go after. Right. And they can, they can sue you. They can try to shut down your, your business, but in most cases, unless you've done something criminal. So like in cases like tornado cash, it's a different story. Um, But if you're just doing like a normal, you know, project, there's no reason for governments to come after you with criminal charges. Um, then generally, they're just going to come after the entity. They're not going to come after the people. And so, that is one way that we can hold DAOs accountable in the same way that we hold other companies accountable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And, and to the, I will say the criminal point though, like, I think the unfortunate piece is that there's a really slow feedback loop between what a large group of people would consider criminal and what like a government consider criminal like i think tornado cash is an example of like the majority of people if they knew what tornado cash were i don't think would find what tornado cash does criminal right um but like laws and regulators have not caught up to that yet um and so like how do you deal with this lag in a space that has an immediate feedback loop right um how do you deal with something that like governments which are very real um doesn't have an immediate feedback loop so
0: Yep, very interesting. All right. The next story is from Axios. That's Axios.com. And the headline is DAOs struggle to overcome old-fashioned governance fights. So this one, uh, this article talks about the same Aragon situation that we, we've talked about on this show and in the past. But for this article, I want to um lean into the governance fights element as opposed to the kind of self-executing versus not element. And, you know, one of the things I find interesting about DAOs is. You know now that DAOs have been around for a few years in, in meaningful form and, and numbers, um, there have been a lot of failures, there have been a lot of uh, difficult situations, a lot of drama. Just and, and to me, what's the reason I call that out is that's the same thing in the old world, right? I've been on some nonprofit boards, I've been on governing councils and committees, and all the lots in my life because I've always loved this kind of thing. It's probably why I'm in a DAOs now, you know, from student council and on. Um, and... You, that's kind of what governance is for. It, it kind of its purpose is that you want to get a group of people of some size to operate in some way uh, uh, coherently, even though they're going to disagree about stuff sometimes in, in meaningful ways and even though people when they disagree with each other can end up in a lot of drama. Um, So my hope is just that we don't over index on the fact that it's difficult to do governance and say that means that DAOs are failing or DAOs are not doing their job. Um, I think we just need to you know, continually adapt and innovate when it comes to how we govern to make it as efficient and fun as possible. But but I don't, I don't know that a lot of people would have said that governance is fun, right, in the first place, right? Like whether it's the board of a company is at least very challenging. And if you're making a lot of money, everyone's probably happy. If you're not, they may not, probably are not. But then when it comes to things like nonprofits and governments and councils and committees and all this stuff, Often it's, it's, it's funny. It's not fun in the classical sense of the word. It, it feels like a, a great meaningful activity. I think that's why I like it. And it's like it's important. You're, you're helping society achieve something. Um, but uh, anyways, old fashioned governance rights fights as they write an the article may, may be something we never uh, get to avoid.
1: Yeah, I always like to say like dows don't mean people aren't people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like right. DAOs like if we it's like not like you become a Tao. and then we like be like we evolve into like a greater sense of self and we become the superhumans that we are and like you know we become green and like Yoda like you know what I mean? Like that's just like not what happens, right? We still yeah. get into normal kind of fights um, and and. Like, and I think this is like kind of the point. Actually, I I, like something that I've seen happen in the space, which I I find to be incredibly frustrating. Is a lot of people that were some of, in my opinion, the biggest DAO proponents, are now running into. We're like seeing DAOs run into problems that are not new. They're the same problems, and so as a result, they're like, okay, DAOs only work in X condition, Y condition, Z condition, and all of a sudden, your DAO looks a lot more like a company, and you're like, no, 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 we, we, we. We know that that's the easy solution. <laughs> like, like we know that when there's these problems that show up, it's easy to centralize. It's easy to move to a corporate structure. It's easy to move to hierarchies. It's easier to make a small team. It's easier to make a permissioned. It's easier to close it off. It's easier to make it. Um, it's yeah, It's easier to make it a curated group. Like we know that that's and we like that happened. That solution works. We that but that's also what we don't want. Like we are doing this because it's hard because we think we have new ways to build tools to solve it. And that's the new thing, right? And so I actually think when we see problems like this, it's like a lot of people are like, we're running into the same old problems. Like, yes, that's a good thing, right? You know what I mean? Like that's giving us the opportunity to learn. We actually should double down into these. We should lean further into it and say, okay, we are now presented with the same problem that old old people were, not old people, but old old organizations were. And we should actually see that for what it is, which is the opportunity to say, what is it about DAOs that we can do differently to, to fix this, right? Um, and so, to me, it's like this is like this is a good thing, <laughs> like good. We're like we, we've gotten to the point where we're at least running into the same issues. That's incredible. Now, how do we actually do better? Um, so, yeah. so that, that that's my that's my take. But I'm I'm actually pretty. It was the whole thing with Aragon was pretty crazy. Uh, But I think, again, it's actually showing progress to me.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it reminds me again of a a nonprofit board I was on where, um, well, well, first of all, so like some of the folks involved in this Aragon thing, you know, there's these tweet threads from like four in the morning, 20 tweets in a thread, just like angry, frustrated person, which I understand, but kind of like railing against DAOs when it's just that it's just a difficult situation. And I can think of so many times I've been on a board of a nonprofit, especially where it, it's just like hell for like a year or two even, because you end up in this like really difficult situation. Everyone has limited information, just inherently people are gonna have different information, different perspectives. There's people who are gonna be at odds with one another. And it, there were times where I just wa- I wanted to quit or leave or just run away or something. But, you know, if you care about the mission, then hopefully you stay and try to help resolve the problem. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, that's the point, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. Okay, uh, two more stories. Uh, The first one, uh, both of these are tweets, actually. The first one, and I don't mean to keep harping on Aragon. This one actually does, again, come from uh, Aragon Project's Twitter account, but not related to all the problems. Um, The tweet is that Aragon CTO is hacking away on a multi-chain future for DAOs. Imagine accessing Optimism, ZK Sync, Polygon, Arbitrum, and more from all DAOs. Uh, And this is, we'd love to hear what you think about this potential. Um, So this is a a nice tweet. Again, forget about Aragon. Aragon is one of the early DAO projects, but just this idea of multi-chain DAOs I want to dig into for a second, Um, because most of the DAOs that I've ever seen are kind of uh inherent most not all are inherently you've, you have to pick a chain and, and actually i mean practically speaking any all the daos i'm part of that are people are uh, where we're trying to start a dow it's like one of the decisions we have to make is which chains we want to be on right it's like ethereum has the most apps people have the most experience with it you have the most configuration options you, you're the most confident everyone's going to be on it but you have extremely high gas fees. And like the DAOs I'm in that are fully on chain on Ethereum, like the nouns-ish DAOs, if, and if anyone hasn't heard of nouns, very interesting, go check it out. Um, part of a DAO called Purple on nouns, which um, supports the Farcaster ecosystem, which is Web3 social. Again, audience, if you never heard of it, go check it out. Um, but every time I vote, it's like five to ten dollars just to vote. And so when you have like 100 people voting, that vote actually costs like a thousand bucks, which you could argue is still like cheaper than like driving an hour and a half to a board meeting and buying everyone dinner and like all the you know opportunity cost involved. But but that's a lot. Anyways, I bring that up because, you know, it's just, just this question of multi-chain and, and even like other chains outside of Ethereum. You know, I, I'm curious, Aaron, just do you see... DAOs moving to a, a multi-chain world? Do you see DAOs going off Ethereum or is that too hard to do today? Or how do you see this playing out? Uh,
1: yeah, I a thousand percent see multi-chain future. I don't think there's any way around that. Um, I don't think that like, I think it would be silly not to think of it as a multi-chain future. Um, I think though, it's not, about, it's not about like multi-chain in the sense where you can do anything on any chain. I think it's about understanding, like more like a modular chain. I guess is like a better, a more in vogue term. I guess I would say, and like this is one of those things that every like every nine to tw- every nine to fifteen months, like the whole space moves on, right? Like we're modular, we're multi chain, we're single chain, we're modular, multi chain. So I think we're like in the middle of that cycle. I think the biggest question is when you're deciding what chain to go on. It's, it comes down to a lot more like where do you want your treasury to sit, right? That's like that's wh- how a lot of people choose where what to do. Um, if you've ever done, like I've moved, I've actually worked with DAOs that move from one chain to another DAO. Um, it's, it's quite difficult. It's quite challenging. Um, but that's that's ultimately going to be the biggest question. Where do you want your treasury to sit? I What I imagine will happen in the future is that you'll like a DAO will have certain services live on different chains, right? Like your treasury will sit on one, maybe we'll do governance on this chain. Um, but then like, again, as we talked about before, like DAO operations isn't single uh, isn't, isn't, um, a single variable. There's a lot of different operations that down needs to do. Maybe that can go across different chains. Um, yep. so I a hundred percent agree. I think like, I think bridging those types of things is way safer than bridging liquidity, right? But being able to read from other chains and give governance because of that, um, is the important piece here. So I, yeah, I, I'm, I think, I think we're only starting to scratch the surface of multi-chain. I don't think we really know what it's going to look like yet, to be honest. Um, I'm I'm excited for experiments. I, I want to dive more into this Aragon example. I haven't been able to to check it out so much. And I will say, like I, as I with all the things Aragon has done, I do love Aragon. I, I think that they're doing a lot of really interesting work and cool work there. And the and the developers and team there are some A plus people. So
0: totally, I agree. Um, all right, the last uh, news story of the day is another tweet. It's from Yaniv Tall. Uh, the uh, His Twitter handle is Yaniv Graf. And the tweet is, over the next year, we're going to prove that DAOs can allocate resources more effectively to achieve societal goals than existing city governments. And then everything changes with a rocket ship. Um, I love this tweet because just recently I've been thinking in a new way about how DAOs uh, can impact governments, right? For years, I, I think a lot of us have been thinking, "Wow, like DAOs are like governments. Eventually, all the governments will be DAOs too. They'll use, you know, we'll use wallets for and 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 blockchain for our voting, and things will be more transparent. And let's just run our city through a DAO." Um, but what occurred to me more recently that seemed that that feels more exciting to me, and and what makes me agree to some extent with the the person who who tweeted this is you could you could bite off little parts of city, eventually state and country, but let's say city governments, and hand things over directly to the people, rather than having the city government manage that one thing. So like a really good example to me is like a park, Uh, let's say a park on an island. Right, or just in, a, in an enclosed community where right now the, the city that manages that park has a hundred thousand people who live in it. There's like a hundred parks. Um, there are uh, all kinds of different like special interests. Like maybe the people over here don't want that park to change in some way, but the people over there do. Why not hand off governance of that park to the people who live on that island? Right, the only people who probably should be paying for. Uh, changes to and improvements to the park and maintenance. Only people who probably should get to vote on whether like dogs are allowed or not. And you're going to provide free doggy bags, you know, for, <laughs> or not like those kinds of things. So I could see actually what DAOs make possible in a little bit more of a, a visionary sense is instead of having to instead of cities having to be the smallest uh, form of democratic government, you can go one order of magnitude smaller uh, when you want to. And you can have all these like independent overlapping, even interacting mini governments that govern specific things where you're actually giving people direct you know, democratic control or some kind of more direct democratic control over that resource than simply electing a city council, you know, once every two or four years. So I think that's, that's really exciting. And I do think we'll probably see that happen even this year. I'd be surprised if we don't see a few cities start trying out, handing over, you know, smaller sets of responsibility to the people.
1: Yeah. um, This is just case I'm really excited by, you know, foreshadowing into our next questions, like actually what I got me into DAOs is it, or into blockchain and crypto is the idea of better, like is government and style run DAOs. Um, I think the major thing about DAOs is it has reduced the barrier of entry for like coordinating, right? It's reduced the barrier of entry to organize and govern something Um, and made that cost really, really low. That's like really what DAOs did. We can organize so cheaply now, right? Which means we can take that, like the smallest unit from cities to something much smaller. And we actually have many examples of this already. HOAs, right? Is a great example of these things. Mm. Um, and there's like community gardens, very examples of these things. Um, I would be really interested in like seeing the, the biggest the biggest hindrance to what you're saying because we've just thought about this a lot. Is like if you're paying taxes right now to a city government to maintain this park, and now you want to collectively govern this park, do you still pay taxes to the city? Is this additional funds you have to pay? So it actually has to do a lot with working with the city to say, hey, we'd like to run this pilot project. we'd like to try this out. There's a couple areas I would like a couple groups I would already recommend checking out um, that are, are experimenting with this. Um, in Oakland, there's a group called um, I forget I'm gonna have to look this up. In Oakland, there's a a community group that runs a farmers market. Um, and there's a group in Oakland right now that's experimenting with community run with Dallas running communities and public functions right there. I'm, I'm actually really upset, I can't remember it. Really, really cool project. I, I, I very much recommend checking it out. Um, Austin, uh, there's an Austin City DAO, which is also experimenting with these kind of ideas. Um, there's a lot of these different, uh, there's like, you know, obviously, and then there's like things on the other side of the spectrum of like City DAO and Cabin, which are much more like network state kind of, of experiments. Um, But, but your, your timeline, I will say, I feel like I am relatively optimistic with these things. My timeline would if if we see experiments this year, that would be insane. <laughs> I would like that would be great. I, I would love that. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Yeah. Um, I think something that we don't think of enough that like let's like rewind not even twenty minutes ago to earlier parts of this conversation. Um, we can barely govern. This is where, and we'll talk about governance journey in a second. We can barely um, effectively govern a group of a hundred people managing like and uh, JPEGs. Like that is incredibly, incredibly challenging, right? And we run into tons and tons of problems already. And these are very uh, advantaged people that are governing it already. So yeah. what gets really tricky. And what I think we like should spend a lot more time thinking of is like, okay, if we go to cities, if we go to parks, we wanna govern a park, that's very real stuff now. It's not, just JPE, it's not just NFTs, it's like real world assets. Two, most of the time experiments are run on the like, not necessarily the most advantaged people. So, what happens Ooh. if we get this wrong, right? And I think that like, like the, the benefits can be much higher, and, and it's extremely exciting to me. Uh, but I think the risks are much higher as well. And I think Ooh. when we don't proceed with caution, we actually do a, a bigger hindrance. So, anyways, I would love to see some experiments go this year. Um, and, and to Yune's tweet, I totally agree with this. We will like govern like it is the natural form of governance at every turn of every era we have made, we have become better, better resource allocators. And we've opened up um, the feedback box box to more and more and more people. This is what makes sense. This is what will naturally happen. Um, So I I think this is like the 100% right on. Um, it's, It's about doing it in a responsible way. So it's not just a flash in the pan, but actually catches on. It's it's hard to get people to like want more power is what i'll say you know what i mean
0: Mm, yeah interesting interesting um well uh, if you want to send me links to those projects uh, after the show we'll add them to the show notes so people can check the the thing in oakland and and the other project out and uh it's such a good point so okay let's turn uh from the just out news report over to our featured guest interview so we can continue uh, talking about this exact subject but first let's take just one step back aaron will you tell us a bit about your background how did you? You get into web three and dows in the first place
1: yeah definitely so um my background is before all this i was a management consultant uh for four or five years and before that i was like really i uh, like kind of major what i've always really been interested in my passion is like social entrepreneurship um and how to like uh how like you can kind of improve life for the majority of people right um basically the thing that's always kind of like been a thorn on my side i can never get over is like we're all born into this world in very unequal positions and like, that just seemed like inherently super frustrating to me. Um, and I believe like a raising tide raises all ships. So it's like, okay, how can you raise this tide? And how, how can we like help them, like the most amount of people possible? Um, that's always been my, my point. And to me from early on when I was like in college, I did a lot of re- like studying on this as well was government to me always seemed like the most outsized place to be making this different. Like there's private organizations, there's social entrepreneurship, there's nonprofits definitely, but governments right now seem to have always had this like um, like backdoor solution <laughs> for a lot of different reasons, right? And it always to me seemed like governments was just people coordinating together. And whatever was the best way we could coordinate for in a, an inclusive capacity became government, right? So I, I became fascinated with government politics and how it was run um, and wanted to spend a lot of time there. And ultimately, I learned about blockchain and Web3 in my old job. Um, when I was a management consultant, and once I learned about that, I became obsessed, very interested in the idea of like, of uh, um, incentive-based uh, trust, which was crazy. Uh, and then I learned about DAOs, and it was totally game over. I, I learned about DAOs, and i I'm, uh, the first use case to me, the ultimate use case of DAOs is politics, is government. How do you run cities? How do you run ourselves, the physical world, with with these with these tools? And once I learned about DAOs and, and kind of saw that apl- application to government, or sorry, to like our physical spaces, our, our cities, um, our political systems, it was just game over for me. I, I spent all my time there. I listened to everything. This was back in 2017, 2016, 2017, 2018. I like, spent all my free time. Um, and once I eventually just decided to go into the space full time, um, Once that is all I wanted to be doing.
0: That's awesome. So let's dig into that uh, a little bit deeper for a second um, before we turn to to go digging into govern more. So when you talk about DAOs uh, creating a new a, a a new way we can run governments, right? Broadly speaking, or a better way we can run governments, are you just talking about digitizing voting and digitizing the government's treasury so that instead of like walking to a polling box, you're voting on your computer. And instead of just like trusting the government to spend the money the way they say they are, you get to see it all on the blockchain. Is that all it means to turn a government into a DAO? Or what is it that you're really thinking about when you, when you say that, like a DAO is a better way to do this or a different way to do this?
1: No, yeah, it's, it's that's not it at all. It's so far much more. And, and this is a great example of what we talked about at the very beginning of the podcast, which is it's not about taking the same solution and just porting it over into the new world. It's about taking what the concept of the solution was and reimagining it in this doubt world. The, the whole point of government was that every four, six, two, whatever timeline years, we'd elect these people that we thought could best reflected what we wanted to see in the city, and act and create those and um, create those initiatives, make them come into being, make the city a better place for us, right? So that has very little, like I didn't mention voting once, I didn't mention how you're spending your money once, right? Um, I think a a great place that that like digitizing government can help is like shortening the feedback loop, whether that's like voting more often, obviously is one way to do this. But if someone's in office, there's actually tons of blockchain-based solutions or web three-based solutions that could shorten the feedback loop on things that we want to get funded, on on things that we think are doing well, on things that we aren't think are doing well right? We can have more and more ways to delegate responsibility or for more and more ways for community groups, like you said, to run parks. So instead of saying, hey, government, we're here to take some of our tax money and and run a park, we can say, hey, there's this group of 30 people in the Western edition of San Francisco that wants to create a daycare for the local area because that's what they need. And we can self-fund that, but then maybe that also comes out of a tax liability, right? There's like, it's it's collective governance of the cities. And, and that's what a digital government, that's what a web three based government is to me. It's not just doing what we do now on the blockchain because that's quite boring and it will never work. <laughs> we have optimized the current solutions for our current technology stack, but rather it's looking at like, why do we elect politicians? Why have we? Why do we build the systems that we built? Let's get to first principles of what the intention was behind that. And how do we accomplish that in a better way with more people? using a Web3, using a DAO, using a blockchain-based solution. That's what government, like, that's what that's that future. It's new ways of coordinating to accomplish, like, a better life than we ever thought, right? To Yaniv's tweet, it's about better allocating resources, right? Um, And that is super exciting. Like, that is what we're talking about here. Voting is just, I actually think, not to go on this soapbox, but, like, we've done ourselves a disservice by focusing on voting so much. Voting is such a small piece of governance. Governance is everything we do, where you spend your time, where you spend your money, what you listen to. Um, and, and we need to far expand what we think of.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Okay, um, <clears throat> let's dig a little bit more into what project or projects you're working on and how they relate to DAOs.
1: Yeah, totally. So the main one, the, the the project that we work on the most is, is called Govern. Um, and what Govern is, and, and it's actually interesting to our last point, and um, what Govern is right now is we are a, uh, a contrib- like a DAO contributor tooling platform. We help DAO contributors track, manage, and record the work that they do for all the different organizations, communities, and DAOs, so they can be better rewarded and compensated for that work. Um, ultimately, we think organizations are pretty okay at tracking money contributions and rewarding them, but they're actually horrible at tracking labor and work contributions and rewarding them. And we believe that is actually the most important form of capital you can provide. So we want to make sure contributors can be sustainable long-term contributors um, and contribute to the things that are most passionate about. Uh, and so we build tools to record that, mint it as an NFT on-chain, and then be rewarded for that work. Uh, you can enable things like contribution-based governance um, or stakeholder governance rather than just shareholder governance, for instance.
0: Okay, so if I think about the old world, TradFi, Web 2.0, corporate America kind of uh... Uh, you know, old world, um, you know, generally speaking, I think we solve this problem through management, right? At every mm-hmm. level, you have a manager who is trying to make sure the people that he or she manages are doing their work, doing a good job. <clears throat> when they contribute more, they get rewarded more, um, help them contribute better over time. So are you trying to solve this problem for them too? Or are you focused on DAOs? And, and what's different about solving this problem
1: in DAOs? Uh nothing's different about solving this problem in DAOs. I think you're absolutely right. Like this problem is applicable both ways or in both in both use cases. What why we started with DAOs is because we believe DAOs is one of the is one of the first places we've seen a financialization of passion-based labor. All right. So people are contributing or choose it's an opt-in contribution to things that they are most passionate about. Right. Like we want 50% of someone's time and, comp- and total like uh, income to be you to happen from the things that you contribute to, from the things that are most important to you, or sorry, the things you're most passionate about, the things that you're most excited about, right? Are you volunteering in, are you spending time volunteering in your local city? Are you volunteering for a neighborhood association? Are you uh, volunteering on a DAO that gives grants to women like crypto projects? Are you really into board apes, right? Whatever it is, Mm -hmm. um, whatever it is that gets you passionate, we we think that should be a way for you to earn money and uh, from that. Um, And that's why we started with Dallas, but this is applicable to all types of organizations. Um, Specifically, I would add is online first um, organizations, online first share like stakeholder co-op based organizations. I always like to use the example of a bike co-op. A bike co-op works because like I'm sweeping the floors and the person that's fixing the bicycle sees me sweeping the floors and we exchange some social reputation. And I see him uh, fixing the bikes. We exchange some social reputation. Right? This works in hierarchical ones that a few, some online organizations fix this with hierarchies. Like you know, there's Adam and me, and we have a manager, let called her Sarah. And like, Adam might not see the work that I do, and I might not see the work Adam does, but Sarah sees the work that we both do, and it creates social reputation or financial exchange on top of that. In DAOs, and in a lot of what I would call movements and passion-based organizations, there's way less formalized hierarchy, and it's not in person, so you don't know what's happening. Um, and so we aim to fix that problem. We think that is the core problem and that exists in all types of organizations.
0: And, but how, how do you how do you overcome the challenge of if I'm not in the same room as you and we don't have the same manager, how do you actually know that someone is contributing?
1: Yeah, so the way that we do it is with Govern, You uh, our, our platform allows you to record the work you're doing, like a proof of work, essentially. Um, Not proof of work, we'll call it proof of contribution or proof of labor. <laughs> yep. So you record the work that you're doing um, you actually publish that, kind of thing of like GitHub, you stage your work, or Git, and you stage your work, and then you push it to the, the community or organization that you're contributing to, um, and then admit that as an NFT, so you have an immutable record of it. And then others come in and attest and verify that this work did happen, and they grade it, and they say, I think it's worth two points, I think it's worth eight points, I think it's worth six points. And the organizations can set up frameworks to aggregate these types of grading and say, we use an average. We use a um, weighted average. We use a quadratically calculated whatever. We use rank, like all these different types of roll-up mechanisms to roll up that scores and give you a grade on that work you're doing. Um, And so our way our system works can be totally open. It can be permissioned. And multiple frameworks can exist at the same time, which I would add is like how a lot of normal companies work. A lot of normal companies, you have a base salary, performance bonus, retention bonus, sales quarter, whatever it is they use different incentive, uh, different like valuation criteria to incentivize different actions. Um, With govern that can still exist. There's your baseline um, base layer of all the work you've done. And then there's all the different value frameworks we call them, which are incentive plans that sit on top of that. The biggest difference between DAOs and new age organizations and old age is old age organizations, one person at the top create a community framework for everyone to abide by. DAOs and new age, they come together and collectively decide on what that valuation framework is and everyone opts in into that valuation framework.
0: Wow, very interesting. Um, and you know, it reminds me that like, one of the interesting thing about starting a DAO today, at least the experience I've had is because it's so technology-based, you're kind of picking your the way you're gonna run your organization or the way the organization will be run, like its structure, you're picking it partly based on what tools are available, not just yeah. like right, a traditional nonprofit. You, you, you write whatever you want into your bylaws. You, you choose your CEO however you want. The CEO runs things however that person wants. Um, but I think with DAOs, you are kind of looking, okay, well, like we got to do it online. So do we want to use govern and which of governance options? Do we want to go use some other tool that does something similar? Um, and so, so do, you, do you see the same thing where like when you're starting a DAO, you're kind of like relying on companies like Govern and, and others to to have good technological solutions to these problems. Otherwise, you can't really go, go the way you want.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that's why we've seen such a concentration in types of DAOs, right? I think like social DAOs have become popular. I think NFT DAOs have become very popular. I think uh, investment DAOs have become very popular because those are the tools that we've best built. Like we've, we've we found a couple of use cases, we've really nailed down those use cases, um, and, and as a result, we kind of mold the DAOs to fit the tools. Um, I will say, I think what ended up happening in the recent bull market is we saw a proliferation of DAO tools. I would argue that they all tried to do the same three things. Um, I think that the DAOs that we see today are not going to be the DAOs of tomorrow. Like, like a lot of people ask, do I think like DAOs will replace the corporation? I don't know if DAOs will replace the corporation. I think DAOs will replace certain things within a corporation. And I just think it does different things. I think other. I think what DAOs will do is will enable new groups of people that were never able to organize before to actually be able to organize. The way that the modern internet came in and it didn't like replace the corporation, but rather the internet allowed people that had similar ideas and similar subcultures that they really loved to be able to connect in a new way that they weren't able to connect with before. It found the people that already existed and put them together. DAOs still haven't done that yet. You know what I mean? Mm. It's not going to replace the corporation, but we're going to. It's going to be able to connect people that think differently, that behave differently, that want to operate differently, and connect them in a way that wasn't previously possible. Um. So, yeah, I think we just haven't built the right tools yet. You know.
0: I love that. So I like to use this analogy of uh, Uber. So when they started Uber, people said, oh, wow, like if this company is really successful, maybe they'll take over 25% or 50% of the taxi industry. But what happened was completely different. First of all, the taxi industry is still there. People now use ride sharing in all kinds of situations where we never used taxis before. You wouldn't have even thought about it, right? A lot of people don't have a car today because Uber exists, but like taxis never would have allowed them to not have a car in the life that they lead. Um, And so you have a way bigger market now for ride sharing than the market was for taxis before. I think what we're doing with DAOs is similar in that we're not just going to replace 25 or 50% of whatever organizations were there before. I really believe there will be 10 times as many organizations I like to say in 10 years, maybe 20 years, maybe 100 years, I don't know there will be 10 times as many organizations per capita in the future than there are today, and we probably can't even really imagine what those organizations are going to be, what they're going to look like, but they're going to be somewhere in between for-profit and nonprofit, somewhere in between like companies and cities and homeowners associations. And um, I guess I'm curious, it sounds like you have a similar vision. Uh, and I'm curious if you do, but also like, do you, do you feel like you do have some ideas for what those organizations are going to be that, that, that don't even exist today?
1: Yeah. I love that analogy, by the way, that Uber one, I'm going to totally take that as well. Cause <laughs> I think that's a, that's, that's a great one. Um, but I believe in the same thing. I, I think like, to me, all a doubt is, is just connecting things that already exist. And we're just allowing new ways to connect to these things that already exist, Um, I think that right now without changing a certain, anything about you, you belong to 50 to 75 different groups, but there's no way to actually organize, there's no way to create the organizations around these things. And that could be digital traits. It could be physical traits. It could be anything, right? Um, And like we will have, like, I love that point that like, we're gonna 10 X the size of, of organizations or the amount of organizations that exist purely by being able to form organizations around it. Like I said, the innovation of DAOs was that reduced the cost to create organizations. That was the key. And that's truly the key, right? That's what DAOs do. Um, so yeah, I, I love that. I think we're gonna see a huge increase in the amount of organizations because we can organize around more things. It will allow us to create more unions around the things that we hold to be the most important, around those things that we couldn't have organized around before. Um, mm.
0: Yeah, interesting. Like this is going to impact religion too. It just occurred to me, um, you know, in the past, religion could only be very top down. Um, and, and I think generally religion is very top down. Um, maybe uh, the world of religion or religious communities will be very different in the future too, because we'll have a way to practice without as much top down control.
1: Yeah, well, without, without overgeneralizing, like different religions as all top down or all bottoms up. I think there are a lot of religions that are top down, um, and a couple that are bottoms up. Um, mm. I think uh, l- let's go back to the point. Will will it allow? I don't know if we'll be able to reorganize how religions are run. Like I think that like one of the things that makes religion religion is like you have mm. this almighty being that comes down. Mm. Right. But I, w- mm. I will, but I will say that what is the purpose that religion serves? Like why do we have religion? Okay. Why do we? What is it that draws us to it? I do think that we will be able to provide those same like benefits to society Mm -hmm. in a much more bottoms up way. Right. We like religion because of the community aspects. We like religion because of its ability to give us faith that there is a future. Right. We like religion because it helps provide a moral compass that we all abide by. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that like, in theory, you could have a, like a open source based religion or a Tao based religion. Right. Um, That that serves those same purposes. Um, So Yeah, I think it's going to, I think it's, it'll change the same, same kind of way the taxi example you said. Like, it's going to expand the things that we can get from community, the things that we can get from organizing. We're going to be using it in ways that we never thought was possible. It's just like unimaginable what happens when we're able to connect people, right? Like, obviously, there's this like famous overused but quite inspirational quote of like, never um, never doubt, like a small group of determined people were like, mm-hmm. because like, that's generally the only things that change the world. Um, I forgot it's by Margaret. Uh, anyways, I I'll have to, I'll have to look at the quote, but like, it's true. I think we're only making it smaller. We're making it easier for smaller people to make a bigger change on the world. And then yeah. in, in many, many different ways. Um, yeah. so I think, I think it's truly like, I I do think we're going to see a huge explosion in the way that we organize around each other, the way that we connect with each other. I think ultimately we like to, we forget this way too often that at the end of the day, the bedrock that, which we're all building on is human connection. It's connecting humans in new and novel ways. Like yes, technology, yes, blockchain, yes, crypto, but it's all about connecting humans. Uh, And that, and that is never going to go out of style. (laughs) And I think that like, if I'm gonna bet on a world like I will always bet on the future that increasing human connections is better than decreasing. And that's all a downs yeah. do. Just increases human connections.
0: It's funny. I keep thinking uh it just sounds a lot like Facebook <laughs> in terms of like their mission, the vision, what it was originally built to do, some of the value that it does provide. That that's that's how they talk too. But this isn't yeah. Facebook, right? It's 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 something different.
1: Well it, it definitely isn't Facebook. I like, I like to say if you ever go read like a Facebook's manifesto and you read the Satoshi's Bitcoin white paper, it sounds very insane. Like honestly it like doesn't sound that different. Um, I think the difference is like how it's being built, right. I think like the old yeah. phrase of like won't be evil versus can't be evil is quite important when it comes to web 3. Um, I think like there's like something about the blockchain like we don't have to depend on Facebook to always be evil. like right? we are in control of our own destiny here. Right, mm-hmm. um, but like, I, I think to your point though, that is the same point. I'm like whatever you want to call the the pre whatever was Facebook, like not MySpace, but whatever was Facebook before we had the web, also probably had to say, Like, like I'm sure like the founders, of, like uh, the founders of religion came out and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna connect the world," and I'm like, <laughs> "Oh my god,
0: yeah. this guy
1: Muhammad is crazy!" Right? Like we're <laughs> there, right? um, and so. Like, I, like, then Facebook came out and had the same manifesto and mission. And that's what I mean. Like, yeah. connecting humans is never going to go out of style. It's just we're coming up with better. And this is the same idea. Governments came around. Like, governments, like the feudal system came around. And people were like, hey, it's going to, we're all going to organize and connect with each other. And we're going to be way better off. And we're like, yeah, it sounds pretty good. Right. It's like each yeah. turn of human, like, century and like eras is about decentralizing that, making it, like, making increasing the trust we have in one another. And, and this is like, This is, I think, key is that we build more trustless systems, which then allows a trustless world, right? Like in the old world, we had to trust each other to cooperate. Now we don't have to trust each other. And so in the old world, like Facebook promised this world, but we had to trust Facebook to cooperate. Now the systems we're building, we don't have to trust anyone but ourselves here. Um, And so like, by the way, like I think in 10 to 20 to 50 years, we'll call it whatever Moore's law catches up to. There will be the next thing, right? Like blockchain mm-hmm. is the thing now, right? But eventually, we're people are going to be looking back on us and be like, "Holy shit! Can you believe that they trusted DAOs? <laughs> oh my god, those crazy people!" You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, I, I don't know what that'll true. be. Yeah, like, yeah. it's, it's the, like DAOs are the now thing. Um, but like, just like Facebook was the promise then, or social networks, we'll call it was the promise then.
0: Um, yeah now it's all about um, graphs. Well, yeah. Yeah. I want to dig into one more thing here cuz you talk you talk a lot about how this is all about connecting people, but doesn't moving more and more of our human interactions uh, and our money and our governance onto the internet, right via blockchain or other other means, doesn't that also give bots and AIs and computer systems more agency to actually interact with us too? such that it ends up not being just about how humans interact with each other, but you you end up with I mean, it's not necessarily conscious, although obviously with all the cool stuff happening in AI, maybe we're moving in that direction of like artificial uh, general intelligence. But as soon as you have a smart contract on the blockchain that is not just taking votes from people, but it's just making its own decisions about how to spend its money right, based on some algorithm or or some AI algorithm or whatever it is, I think that moving to DAOs and moving to blockchain also means we are giving bots, to use the, the word of today. Um, more and more agency to actually be part of that system, not just a way for humans to connect with each other more efficiently or something, but actually having agency in that system.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. (laughs) 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 Uh, Hey man, give me what you're on. Um, No, I I think you're right, dude. I think like, I think if you look at actually Vitalik's like his early writings, he talks about DAOs and his white papers. He actually, he just refers to smart contracts. You know what I mean? He doesn't like refer to people or anything besides an address. An address can be a smart contract. It can be a bot. It can be a human. Um, So I think you are right. I think the bigger question is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I don't know. That's that's a better question. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah. that like I think that digital identity is becoming increasingly increasingly important. I think just because we're building a system that that allow bots to could in theory be more bigger players doesn't mean that we have to build systems that in like they have to. Right, do you give like where do you draw the line on governance? I don't know. Um I think that we're going to see a like what what this is the future I don't want to see with bots I'll say. I don't want to see us get less involved in governance because we think we can outsource our Mm decision-making to the bots. That that is always my biggest fear. I also think that, like, I think that, like, we need to see what happens. I think autonomous agents are something that's really interesting to see how it plays out. Um, I think that there's, there's gonna be two things that happen. Similarly, like we thought DAOs, people are just gonna spending all their time contributing to DAOs and then they just didn't, right? Um, I think AI, like same thing we're gonna see, like everyone's like spending so much time in the AI chat GPT space. And I think like that's still gonna to persist to some degree. I don't know if they'll like fall as much as the crypto in, in uh, involvement fell, but um, I think there'll be less. I think autonomous agents, the ones that can just run forever get way crazier. Good, bad, I don't know. But yes, I think you are correct. It does increase participation.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for going down that rabbit hole with me a little bit. I'm going to turn to some of the questions that we try to ask all of our guests. Um, A lot of it has to do with digging into your experience with DAOs and and finding things that others can learn from. So first of all, your experience with DAOs, what's the most common growing pain that you see in the early days of DAOs? And how would you recommend addressing that, that challenge?
1: Yeah, so one of the biggest things that we see in the early days of DAOs is um, like people spend a lot of time focusing on is uh, fix, focusing on the perfect governance or community guideline structure, right? Because um, because of the modern DAO tools um, and the immutability of the structures that you choose, too often you just like you have a structure and like you're stuck to it, right? And then so people end up spending forever trying to figure out the perfect one instead of just starting the thing. That's not in accordance with how most organizations or people organize. People just do the thing and then they worry about the governance later. Um, It's one of the things that we actually aim to fix with govern is that like start with the work, start with the contribution, start with Mm -hmm. the labor, do the thing, figure out the governance later, right? Um, And because you have these like immutable records of the work that you do, um, even if that doesn't work out, it doesn't mean the the work still happened. You can like spin up multiple DAOs based off this work. So this to me, there's two big issues I see with DAOs one um, is in these early days never getting to go because you spent to because we spent too long figuring governance my recommendation is just like start start record your work like see what works and what doesn't work let the path show itself to you um, that's the kind of what I, we like to talk about uh, and I think it's like going and a lot of people I've talked to a lot of people from this Dennison from tally I've had a lot of conversations with this is like how do you go from idea to down like what does that look like right Um. The second piece is actually on the scale piece. That if people can get past that first step, which a lot of people do, then they're operating with a core group of like ten to sixty. Let's call it, and they're like, okay, now how do we make this DAO scale? How do we make it profitable? How do we make a product? How do we make whatever it is? And how do we go from like sixty to five hundred people? That that's crazy. Um, That's also super super hard to do. Um, And I think that like a lot of the work that we've seen done in terms of um, subgroups or pods. Um, that naturally form is a really good way to do this. Um, I think a really great paradigm or example or model to use is how um, college clubs create chapters on different campuses. There's like a national organization or international organization, and then they allow their own university chapters to figure out their own life, right? And that's and they be, the the organization becomes this conglomerate of all of these individual units that band together. Um, I think at the end of the day, like Dow's atomic units are people. And as long as you can always break down to that and break back up, um, but yeah, those are the two biggest challenge areas. Like idea, like focusing on the perfect governance structure versus just starting, and then like the scaling. As well as I'm just going to put sorry, sorry, I'm t- this is a long answer. Um, regulatory, I think there's a macro mm-hmm. issue of regulatory of how we regulate DAOs. What we talked about earlier, that's a whole different side issue, right? That's like that's out of the control of most DAOs, but that is a huge issue that underpins a lot of DAOs. I will say.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. Um, and if you can afford it, it's like just get get a lawyer, let the lawyer handle that stuff for you. Um, and in a lot of cases, maybe DAOs can't afford a lawyer yet. Um, but um, yeah, it's really interesting. It reminds me, you know, the, your answer to the early growing pain question reminds me of one of the DAOs I'm helping start right now. And we we have a meeting once a week, and we do some stuff asynchronously. And we decided just to spend like 15 minutes on governance now. Like we, we, we don't even know what our token structure, we don't know how governance can work in the long run. We're working on our mission and our, our vision statement and how, where we want to prioritize first, actually doing the work to your point. But we said, let's just spend 15 minutes. Let's just decide in case there's a disagreement between us and we just need to like decide and like move on and disagree and commit. Let's just decide now, like what's what's going to, because it is, you know, we do have people all over the world. What's going to be the the quorum? What's going to be the voting you know, mechanism, uh, you know, just like Telegram chat, how long are we going to give people to vote? What would it take to kick someone out of the group or, you know, those kinds of things. And we just said, okay, for now, these are the answers so that if there is a disagreement, we can look back at this Google Doc and just follow that process on our own and then then move on. Um, And so I, I thought that was a good kind of middle ground solution so we didn't spend too much time on it up front.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's a great middle ground solution, especially if you trust everyone you're working with. I think that's uh, like yeah. having human based processes is not the, is not a bad idea. Um, yeah. So yeah.
0: Yeah, and and it does highlight also a big difference between uh, DAOs that are, uh, new DAOs that I see is some DAOs are forming around existing communities which is like in this example, we already have a reason to trust each other. We already get along really well um, versus DAOs that are just like startups, like starting from scratch, people just met or you're pulling the team together. Um, that is a different scenario.
1: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And something that you called out, which I think is very important is the idea of like, we're not even sure how we're going to be doing our tokens yet. Like tokens don't make community. It just scales. It just fuel, puts fuel into whatever fire you've started. And so like I, it's, it's good to, like that. And also that's like a one shot, like you get one shot at that. Right. So it's like, that's like, it's, it's good to like put that in the back seat, like say, we're going to, we're, we're going to save this for when we know what it is that we want to incentivize. Um, you know what I mean? Otherwise, like once you turn the incentive key on, it's very hard to shut it off. Right. Or, or change courses, I should say. Even. Um, yep. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, I think, I, I think that when you trust people that it, it makes this a whole lot easier I think that's the biggest problem is like, ultimately I think the use case of DAOs is un- like new communities where you might not trust everyone. So how do you, how do we solve this problem? And, and I think the truth is we're like still so early, you know, like everyone likes to say that like, we're like in the first quarter of like the whole space. So I'm like, dog, we don't even know what game we're playing. You know, like we don't know if there's periods, we don't know if there's quarters, we don't, know if there's time, we don't know what kind of ball we're using. All we know is that we like see grass and we're like, it would be fun to play a game, wouldn't it? We're like, yeah, it would be fun. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know what game we're playing. We don't even know what we need. Yeah, it's we just, just see just the nice-looking field. Yeah. this yeah. is a nice-looking field. What do we want to do, right? And so, like, we are mm-hmm. so early in, in the days here. Um, So it's like we, we're we really just focusing on the use cases that we can do. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, very interesting. Well, that's a lot of really good advice for people starting DAOs today. What about, uh, aside from Govern, do you have any other favorite tools that you recommend people check out uh, if they're starting a DAO?
1: Do I have favorite tools? I love all the tools. Oh, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're asking me to fix, pick my favorite child. I obviously, it's govern. <laughs> govern is my favorite tool. You should, everyone should be using govern. We think it works, we think it helps. Um, other tools, I think, uh, like favorites are hardware word, word, but I, I think there's tools that are doing some interesting work. Um, something that will always have a special place in my heart is DAO house, Moloch DAOs. Moloch DAOs I find to be some of the like best governance structures out there, some of the most flexible, and some of the most, some of the simplest and from a first principle standpoint. Um, especially if you're trying to build a DAO of like 50 to 70 people of active members, I don't think there's anything better out there than Moloch DAOs. Um, and I ha- even more highly recommend DAO House as the platform to use for that structure. I think it's just truly, truly incredible. Um, I think Snapshot, you can never like say, like Snapshot is one of the best, like they've done more for the space than, than a lot of other big uh, people know them. Um, than a lot of other tools have. So Snapshot and Gnosis, I'll say, are like obviously two easy answers because they are other lesser known things that I would recommend. Um, I'm very excited. I don't know if you've seen the work that uh, that Jokedow has been using. Jokedow is a new way of like basically simplifying the voting process. Um, it's something that I've wanted for a long time, which is the idea of ephemeral DAOs. We're starting to think less of a DAOs of a formal structure, but basically being able to spin up a vote around any number of people really simply, really easily execute much more quickly um and it creates a much more dynamic governance structure which i think is quite interesting something joked out is i would recommend um i can keep going so uh uh, 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 i think (laughs) has protocol has protocol doing other really interesting work coordinate i'm a big fan of as well um sorry i i won't i won't totally bore us to death with all these different examples um
0: Great examples. I mean, I highly recommend people just go Google all of those. You know, House is D-A-O-H-A-U-S and that runs on Moloch and Coordinate um, is like coordinate, but ends with ape. I'm um, trying to think if there's others I should. Gnosis is G-N-O-S-I-S. So go Google that. You'll find Gnosis used to be called Gnosis Safe. Um, yeah, a lot of really great tools and and obviously govern. We'll, we'll get to just how, where to find these things later, but it's G-O-V-R-N, right? No those E. Those e. Yeah.
1: G-O-V-R-N. No E. Um, we, okay. yeah. Dot IO. And
0: dot IO. Okay, cool. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, so, um, okay. We went through some favorite tools. I love it. It's awesome. Um, those are some of my favorite tools. As oh, well. also, sorry. I would also recommend,
1: yeah. sorry, in a totally different way. My bad. Yeah. I also think people, ever, like there's DAO tools and then there's tools that help contributors contribute to DAOs. One that I w- would recommend as well is check out hypersearch from uh, the protocol labs. I think they're doing really interesting ways of getting work that that it's like a, a new way of funding things. And, and the way I see HyperSearch working with DAOs is contributors now have a new way of uh, getting compensated for the work that they're doing um, in a much more broad sense. And, and it actually aligns with how I think DAOs will end up operating in the future in like a much more real way. So I, hyper, I highly... hyper HyperSearch. Hyper, Hyper certs, eight hyper and then certs like certifications. Hyper certs, um, H Y P E R C E R T S from Protocol Labs. Um, and then I'd also add Disco for if you're interested in the verified credential and privacy space, disco.xyz, also again, tooling that's good for contributors that want to contribute to DAOs.
0: Um, That's awesome. And and I'll, I'll ask uh, my colleague who does the podcast notes, if you would please try to put links to all of these in, in the podcast description, that'd be uh, great. Um, and then one more, one more, sorry. And then I'd also yeah, like, give a yeah. shout out
1: to, yeah, yeah, is Avenue, which is doing a really interesting way of, uh, Avenue.place is, is doing really interesting work in terms of like thinking of where, about, like if GitHub and Discord were places that were built for Web2 companies for work to get done, Avenue is a lot more thinking of you know, like, if you create a workplace for like online DAOs, like what would that look like? So I think that they're also doing some pretty interesting work there.
0: This is amazing. I, I got I to gotta be honest, like usually uh, people on the show list a bunch of things I've already heard of, which is, you know, that's fine. But you've actually mentioned a few I've literally never heard of before, and, and I'm definitely going to check out. So thank you. Oh, that's, well, that's awesome.
1: This uh, is about one one tenth of the things I should be talking about. <laughs> Honestly, like yeah. the, the space has some of the coolest thinkers I ever, I've ever had the experience of joining. Um, there's very few places in the world I find where you can interact with uh, an Anon Bunny and talk about the digital minister of Taiwan in the same sentence. And they're both experiencing, experimenting with the same exact tool. Um, and yeah. that is just, so, So, oh, one one more thing. It's not a, actually a web three tool, but it's used by, I think it's awesome. It's called Polis. Um, it's really? super, super cool to get community sentiment on things. I love Polis, P-O-L dot I-S. Um, very cool stuff, recommend that as well. Anyways, I'll stop, but really above all these, make sure you try out Govern. Um, yeah. We support <laughs> all these different things, so.
0: Yeah, so cool. And I just wanted, to, by the way, do you have like a few more minutes?
1: Yeah, 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 a few more okay. minutes, sorry. Five I took minutes. so long okay. on that one no, question. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's great, because I actually, I actually want to dig into one, one of the things you brought up too, which is JokeDAO, because um, yeah. from what I have heard about Joke. I, I do think this is a new type of organization. And, and it's, funny, it's funny because the way it started was, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's like every day they vote on the best joke and then that joke like wins. I don't know if the joke gets tokens or what, but like the whole purpose of this thing is just to continually find and and I guess incentivize the creation of great jokes. And so in the long run, it doesn't matter whether like the people governing that system remained the same. People could come, people could go. There may or may not be a lot of money involved, but this is an organization that in a structured way will create or identify amazing jokes forever, right? Potentially. And I could see a lot of situations where it's not necessarily about who's involved today and are the right people making decisions and You know, where where, where are we keeping the money and how are we spending it? All this stuff. Maybe, you know, there's a lot of organizations where the whole point of it is just let's keep creating the best piece of content or best X, whatever X is to perpetuity. And that's the point. And I could see millions of those types of organizations popping up. Right. Um, So did I get that right in terms of kind of what the implications of what they're
1: doing? Yeah, so JokeDAO, that the very early version was a way to vote on the best joke of the day. And then I think they made an NFT of the best joke and whoever said that, whoever got the most votes that they got the NFT of that joke. Um, it, it's a way to create one off voting decisions where you can have a list of addresses, send them a voting token and for this one specific vote and one votes on it. Really low barrier, really easy, really simple. It's very similar Govern and JokeDAO share a lot of very similar properties which get me very excited. Um, they're both are bottom up tools. So you can launch them from a bottom-up capacity, um, and they believe in the same future, which I think you're referencing. It's that we got, we have to stop thinking about DAOs as these like of as formal organizations, right? DAOs are groups of people, any groups of people. Right now. There's an infinite number of DAOs that exist. There's the DAO of me and you having this conversation. There's the DAO of me and you and the live stream of people that are listening. There's the DAO of everyone that ever listens to this podcast. There's the DAO of everyone that, of me and you, the live streamers, the recorded people that listen on the recording, and the people that post it on Twitter, right? Like these, every different permutation is a different DAO, right? Like any different grouping of people is a DAO. And, and that's what we were talking about earlier. That's what govern is believes. In, and that's what joke DAO is also allowing is we're creating Connections of we can connect people in very specific and new ways. The amount of organizations that will exist will expand because of this type of thing, right? You can it's you can have these one-off decision-making processes, and you formed a DAO for this very specific purpose, an ephemeral DAO. You can create connections across people that never used to be able to connect.ed um, Same kind of thing with govern. You're able to find things that people contribute to in a way that you're never able to do before, and create a DAO around that for a moment in time, mm. right? Um, and, and that is why it's so exciting. It's a new type of organiz- it's a new type of organizing, which allows us to think of organizations in a whole new way of capacity.
0: Yeah. And and to another point you made earlier, these might not all be called DAOs, right? Like everyone who shows up for this podcast or the Taylor Swift concert last night, whether you call yourselves a DAO or not, today, everyone who goes to that concert, you go, you leave, you never talk to any of those people again. There should at least be a chat room where the the ticket gets in and you're all sharing something in common. You have a reason to have some connection with each other. And maybe now you just go... Some of the people there go talk about music or they talk yeah. about the next uh, concert they want to go to, or they show uh, their Taylor Swift related project or whatever.
1: Uh, a thousand percent. I would love to like exactly this world where like everyone goes to a Taylor Swift concert. They report that they went to a Taylor Swift concert on govern. And then the next day joke Dow distributes a voting token to everybody that has one of these contributions and everyone can now vote on what they thought the best performance of the act was. Right. Mm. And like you, like the Dow did nothing else except for this. You know what I mean? And then maybe the next day, a new vote comes up, and that was a second DAO that came above, right? Um, but you're able to to you're able to increase voting engagement on making these hyper specific governance decisions that are super low lift. We're we're able to be way more fluid and dynamic in what we're talking about here. So,
0: awesome. Okay, last official question: um, Do you have any favorite DAOs uh, for people to check out, especially if they're new to the space?
1: Yes, I do. I have many. This is this is <laughs> this is a hard question. Um, I <laughs> um a couple of DAOs I definitely recommend. I'm a big fan of Boys Club, the work that they're doing. I'm a bit so check them out. I'm a big fan of um Delta, also kind of similar the work that they're doing. Um a, a DAO that has a special place in my heart is Metacartel. It's the first DAO that I, I joined, the first DAO I came up in. Um I also recommend checking out some like of the the normal large DAOs like Gitcoin, Optimism, Arbitrum, ENS. Um, other, uh, I just thought of one that I'm, I'm missing. Um, uh, I wish I could remember this Oakland Dow's name. Um, I'm, I'm so upset that I'm not remembering it right now. I would recommend, I'm going to find it. I'm going to send it over. I'd recommend checking out that Dow as a good, as a good place to see really cool work. Um, yeah, I think those are, are all really good places to start. Um, think. I'm, I'm sure I'm missing an insane amount already. I know. Oh, oh, uh, one more DAO I love. Uh, there's a DAO called Raid Brood, um, which I'm a part of, which I'm a big fan of. It's mm-hmm. a bunch of people that came together to fund um, beer to be made at different uh, crypto events, similar to pizza DAO. Check out pizza DAO. These are oh, much yeah, more fun DAOs to. that I would recommend. <laughs> um, and then I, yeah, make sure you check out some DAOs with strong governance structures as well. Aragon is a good example of that. Um, and oh, I ran DAO. Um, the work that I ran out. This is like, uh, like we should be talking more about this the work that I ran down and Ukraine DAO have done. Um, I ran down done by a mean Ukraine DAO by Lona, which are like actually using DAOs in a very new specific way to like fund pl- uh, fund people and work being done in countries that we wouldn't be able to usually get money into. Um, mm. this is like whole, the whole point of some like version of DAO. Um, so would w- would very much check recommend checking those two out as well as like DAOs doing new things. So.
0: Yeah, is Govern a DAO?
1: Govern is not a DAO right now. We are DAO-like. Um, we have, <laughs> but we are right now. We're a company um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, but yeah,
0: yeah, my DAO is a company too. We're not a DAO, and people often get that confused, especially since we have DAO in the name. But um, not everything has to be a DAO. Um, you know, it's it's going to be great for a lot of use cases, and, and and also maybe one day we will be a DAO, but.
1: I, I will say there is govern a DAO, right? The governed DAO does exist. Of all the people, in my opinion, all the people that have ever worked, organized, contributed, been a part of, talked about govern that DAO does exist. And we haven't made a formalized DAO yet. We plan to do that one day and be able to have like a full functioning DAO of people that just believe in the mission and want to see it to to see it become better and better. So.
0: Cool. Awesome. Love it. Okay. Um, this has been amazing. Uh, before we conclude, where can people find you and govern on the web and on social?
1: Yes. Yes. Please go to govern.io. That is G-O-V-R-N.io as our website. Um, from there, you can actually go to check out our app. It'll be the first link in the link tree, um, or you can go directly to the app. It's govern, G-O-V-R-N.app, uh, A-P-P. Um, those are the, please go check it out. We'd love to hear your feedback. To give us feedback, come check us out on Twitter. You can follow govern at govern G-O-V-R-N-H-Q on Twitter. Again, that's G-O-V-R-N-H-Q on Twitter. And if you want to follow me, I am at Aaron Soskin, A-A-R-O-N-S-O-S-K-I-N on Twitter. Um, those are the places. Tweet at me, tell me where I am wrong about. I want to hear what I'm wrong. I'm just some guy that's been working in the space for five years. We know there are no experts. Make me smarter, please. Um And give us feedback. What do you like about Governor? What do you don't like about governor What do you wish that we did? And like, what do you think DAOs will look like? Tell me. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, other than that, well, I'm happy to, excited to see you in the, in the web.
0: Love it. Are you on any Web3 social yet?
1: Yep. You can also find me on Forecaster. Same name, Aaron Soskin, uh, that nice. I am on Forecaster. Well, I'm going to be looking
0: you up in a second because I'm on Farcaster at The Thriller. Uh, Since I couldn't get that on Twitter, I'm 0xThriller on Twitter. MyDAO is at MyDAODS for directory services. That's M-I-D-A-O-D-S or MyDAO.org. Aaron, this has been amazing. Uh, Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. It's been a great time.
0: Yeah. And uh, to the audience, are you thinking about starting a DAO? Just DAO it. And for a quick disclaimer, none of this is, it ever is, or has been a legal advice or tax advice. You know, we're, I'm not a lawyer. We're not lawyers. We're not, I don't know if you're a lawyer or not, but we're not, we're not your lawyer for sure. Okay. Not a lawyer. Um, And there's really good reasons why you should always have a lawyer involved, especially if you can afford one in everything that you do. Um, So again, not, not legal advice. And again, thank you, Aaron. This has been great. Thank you so much.